I'm Halima Atta, and welcome back to another episode of A Little Perspective. Welcome, welcome back to another episode of the show. While I have been on a brief uploading hiatus, it feels absolutely amazing to be back in the studio recording with the studio being my bedroom desk. Now, given that I have been on a little brief hiatus around three weeks now, I think that the listeners of this episode and of the show in general deserve a little explanation as to why I've been gone. In short, school is very stressful, and I didn't even realize that I was a senior until yesterday in specific. Obviously, I knew, but the realization that I was a senior with senior-like responsibilities, you know, having to apply to college and stuff of that sort, it never hit me. Like, I didn't have that realization until yesterday specifically. I actually attended a senior breakfast, like, for the seniors in my band program, which obviously I'm one of, and when I was, like, getting my sash and, like, my crown, like, that's when it hit me. Like, wow, I'm really a senior. Like, class of 20. 22 and that year seemed so far away when I was a freshman like four years ago but now like I'm about to graduate and basically the the stress is hitting me now but the stress I'm dealing with isn't just academic it's mainly having to balance my academics with my extracurriculars and for a while like you know just the show in itself was a little difficult to be able to juggle and to balance because obviously being a senior my workload became a lot more stressful to deal with like it really the size of it increased and I don't know somebody started I don't know if it's a person or like a group that started this rumor but senior year is not the easiest year that you'll experience in high school at all by far by far freshman year was all right sophomore year was definitely a shift junior year was definitely very hectic but senior year is no walk in the park so I, I really just entered this year thinking it was going to be easy and there's just so much work and so many practices to attend and just all of it just happens within the same time frame and so it can be really stressful to like try to balance every single thing I think everyone knows where I'm getting at here, but obviously the podcast was the biggest barrier to my academic extracurricular success, being that obviously school comes first and I have to prioritize it. So the podcast definitely took, it took a backseat for three weeks to be exact, but I've been working on episodes, so it's finally nice to come back and record and actually speak into a microphone again. On a more lighthearted note, though, the next episode of A Little Perspective will officially mark the 25th and the last of season two, meaning not only is season two ending, but a new season is upon everyone. Season three of A Little Perspective is coming very, very soon, and I'm so excited to share all of the ideas that I've been writing down for the past few months, all the episodes I plan, all of the guests that I have in order, like in line to come on the show. I'm so excited to release it, so another hiatus will be coming to prepare for season three, but it's pretty exciting the fact that 25 new episodes are coming in the next few weeks, so please be on the lookout for that. To segue this conversation to something a little bit more relevant to the topic of this episode, I wanted to focus on something that happened in my AP research class. Now, while this isn't super recent, it happened a little over a month ago, it's one of the instances that gave me the entire idea for this episode, so I think it's pretty important to share. Anyway, we were sitting in class one day and our teacher decided to let us know that we needed to start brainstorming for our research papers. And obviously in AP research, a focal point of the class is researching. And in order to do that, you have to have a topic that's pre-established that you'll kind of focus on and find like a narrower scope to focus on. That way you're not talking about the most general things ever. So our teacher went down each kind of column in the classroom of desks and asked everyone what topics they were thinking of considering or if they had a topic chosen out already, blah, blah, blah. And I remember her going up to one student in particular, asking them what, you know, topics they were thinking of, and they mentioned that they really liked technology, and more specifically, the terms and conditions and all the rights we kind of sign away to the internet when we, like, check off that box. 
Basically, they demonstrated this huge interest in what happens when consumers decide that it's okay for companies like Google and all the search engines to store their information, whether it's using it to advertise or kind of fine-tune their feeds to make the internet experience more convenient, stuff like that. And I kind of realized similar to how I had that huge realization that I was a senior earlier at that band breakfast I went to yesterday, I had this huge realization that I never actually read the terms and conditions and that I have no, I have really no negative feelings towards companies on the internet using my information to kind of fine tune my feed or to sell it to other big companies. And this whole realization reminded me of this really funny TikTok that's in my liked folders on the app that kind of is talking about how like this person that made the video didn't care whether or not Apple made you like sign your life away to be sucked into your iPhone. They would sign the terms and conditions anyway, as long as they can continue using their phone. And obviously, I think the video is funny. It was a joke. like It was a meme. But thinking about that now, kind of in tandem with the experience I just described that I had in AP Research, it really does go to show you that technology, the power that technology has and the influence it has over us is immense. And a lot of us don't even realize that. And to kind of segue into something a lot more relevant to the title of this episode, a huge indicator of that is AI technology. And while I'll go on to describe that a little more in depth later in this episode, pretty soon actually, a really good example of it or demonstration of it is the facial ID feature that a lot of new iPhones have. I think it's past the iPhone 8 or XR, I don't know, but it's in the newer iPhones, one that I have. And nobody really cares that we can just use our faces to unlock our phone. Like obviously a few years back when that feature was first employed, it was crazy, it was new, we were really intrigued by it. But now I open up my phone and I don't even have to think, it just opens automatically because I'm obviously looking at it. And it's not something that I've ever considered, you know, wow, it's so crazy that my phone knows what I look like. And it's like memorized my facial features and my unique facial structures. And it's kind of embedded it in the algorithms that it creates or that it follows so that I can just open my phone in two seconds or in like a millisecond. I never really realized how crazy that was. And I think the fact that it's so normal, I hate using the word normalized, but that it's so normalized, it's kind of a part of our everyday routine to just look at our phone and open it. That really does go to show that the power and the influence that tech has over us is so, it's so huge. And a lot of us just don't realize that. But of course, with convenience and technological developments comes a lot of issues, with one of these being the bias within artificial intelligence. A few months back, I actually saw a TikTok that was documenting how somebody wasn't able to kind of like dry, you know, those air dryers. I'm talking as if there's somebody looking at me right now. But the air dryers that are usually featured in bathrooms that are more eco-friendly, they somebody like kind of highlighted how bad their experience was with it and it's important to note that they were black they had they were a person of color and so they were trying to dry their hands and the wash the dryer wasn't working very efficiently and they mentioned somebody mentioned oh you know this is racist in a stitch feature on the tiktok app and obviously the comments were flooded people going like wow everyone's so quick to you know pull the race card to say that something's racist in 2021 blah 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 people are super sensitive And I'm not even going to lie to you, I did agree with that stance that the majority of people in the comment section were taking. I thought it was outrageous. It was unbelievable. How could a piece of technology, an electronic device that is meant to literally just dry your hands, be racist? Something that has no emotions, no thoughts or feelings, no human emotions at all. How could something without a brain be racist? And I really believed that viewpoint until I took a very quick trip to Google. It turns out this encounter that that person highlighted in their TikTok constituted only one example of the many, many instances of AI bias in technology. So 
When comparing those two instances, with them being that realization of my lack of concern over the internet having my information in AP research, and learning about the racial biases that many AI products possess, it became apparent to me that many of us, as tech users, are oblivious to the problems that stem from technological development, because our enjoyment of technology's convenience leads us to believe that it couldn't possibly be evil. Now, if that last sentence felt like a personal attack, I invite you to continue listening to this episode to learn all about AI bias, including what it even is, what it looks like, and why it exists. So what even is AI? I mentioned that word quite a few times during the introduction, and some of you might be confused, so let me just explain. For starters, this acronym stands for Artificial Intelligence. And to read from an article written recently by Western Governors University, AI can be defined as the theory and development of computer programs that are able to do tasks and solve problems that usually require human intelligence. Things like visual perception, speech recognition, decision-making, and word translation are all things that would normally need human intelligence, but now computer programs are able to use their intelligence and capability to solve these tasks. This is all to say that artificial intelligence is essentially an indicator of technological development because it allows robots to carry out traditionally human-based tasks as pieces of plastic. So just to break down how it works, artificial intelligence operates by processing data through advanced algorithms, with the key phrase here being advanced algorithms. And just in case you're unfamiliar with what that even is, a quick Google search will let you know the definition, which is a process or set of rules to be followed in calculations or other problem-solving operations, especially by a computer. This basically goes to show that algorithms are one of the most straightforward aspects of technology. There is an input value and an output value, and no room for interpretation or flexibility, really. Now, the two major subfields of artificial intelligence both involve the usage of algorithms, referred to as machine learning and deep learning. Through machine learning, computers utilize neural networks to find more hidden or obscured patterns within a set of data in an effort to increase a program's intelligence over time. And for some context, neural networks are a compilation of algorithms which are modeled loosely on the human brain, mimicking the way neurons in the nervous system operate to identify and classify data. And as for deep learning, this one is similar to machine learning for the most part. It just performs the same processes with significantly larger sets of data, making it slightly more complex. And the operations of both of these systems go to show that essentially all pieces of artificial intelligence seek to do one thing, mimic human beings through computational processes. Now to make this concept a little more digestible, let's delve into some examples of artificial intelligence in the real world. First off, we have chatbots. Now these ones are primarily seen through online shopping services and platforms and are used to strengthen customer service teams of various companies. Features like these use neural networks or sets of algorithms to create more personalized experiences for users and for customers. For example, they usually have a set of generic responses that they give to generic questions and have trigger words. So if you say, I need help, the word would be help, and they're able to choose from a series of responses. Or if you say that you're looking for a specific product, like for example, a dress, they'll direct you to a link that will showcase all of the dress options that a certain brand or company can offer a consumer. A primary demonstration of artificial intelligence, these chat-like features are able to curate responses, a set of responses, based off of the patterns that they observe in real human consumers. 
Next up, we have the world of online shopping in general. So earlier on in this episode, I mentioned an example or an experience that I had earlier in AP research where I observed somebody talking about how they were really interested in how online platforms like Google and Safari and Instagram utilize our personal information and our habits online to curate a more personalized feed for us. Now, this is essentially artificial intelligence at work. A computer program is able to identify and assess your shopping habits and use these analytics to give you advertisements and lead you to websites that align with them best. For example, sites like Google, Amazon, and Instagram do this a lot. If you're looking at a product for a really long time or just, you know, even just perusing or browsing through the internet, it'll curate a feed for you on each of those platforms based off of what they see you observing the most. One time I was actually on Pinterest and I was looking at this brand called Curology because their their ad just popped up on my feed. So I looked through it and this was on Pinterest, by the way. So I switched over to Google and I looked on the website for Curology and was just kind of just looking through their products. I wasn't intending to actually buy any of their products, just kind of perusing through the website. And I go to Instagram and check my feed. And like the third ad I see on my explore page is just an ad for Curology. And then I go to my own home feed, like just where like the posts of the people I follow and my friends are and I see another ad for Curology and ever since then it's just been popping into my feed just so conveniently placed. So AI is always at work and I think that's one of the biggest examples which is why it's so common in the shopping industry because it can really not it can help not only enhance the customer experience you know kind of mimicking human-like behaviors with customer service reps but it can also generate a lot more revenue for a brand because when artificial intelligence is used to fine-tune people's feeds it brings them a lot more opportunity to gain a lot more customers because now they're getting advertisements for companies that they demonstrated an interest in but weren't really pushed enough to purchase purchase from. Next up, we have voice recognition. Now to read from an article written by Western Governors University, most people know to call out for Siri when they need directions or to ask their smart home Alexa to set a timer. This technology is a form of artificial intelligence. Machine learning helps Siri, Alexa, and other voice recognition devices learn about you and your preferences, helping it know how to help you. These tools also utilize artificial intelligence to pull in answers to your questions or perform the tasks you ask. Now to segue into more of a nuanced discussion, I think that this example in particular really does allude to how technology is becoming increasingly more convenient for humans, which is why we continue to buy into it. And this is a point that I've elaborated on in tons of episodes with the first one being back in season one about technology. You should definitely check it out. The name literally has technology in it. So if you're confused as to what to look for, it should be there. But this is a huge nod to the fact that as technology develops more, it just makes things easier for us as humans. For example, in the past, technological development meant the invention and the existence of cars in themselves, like just the fact that cars existed and you could use them to get to a place in significantly less amount of time than it would take to walk or to bike. That was a sign of technological development. Now, fast forward years, now a hundred years or so, we have cars that can drive themselves. Tesla, models of a lot of cars are available in the general market for anyone to purchase. These cars are able to drive themselves without you needing to even talk touch the wheel. This is convenient for humans because, you know, for example, people that have kids in the back seat that they need to tend to, but they have a place that they need to be in five minutes, they can't stop on the side of the road. Oh, your car drives itself. It's easy. It's convenient. We see this as an indicator of technological development. So what this entire thing goes to show, especially this last demonstration or use of AI um, technology, should I say, 
this entire example just goes to show that we as human beings measure the development of certain aspects of technology or the progression of them based off of how easy they make our lives, how how much they reduce the effort that we need to put into normal activities. Like instead of going on the internet and looking up the weather today, you can just call out to Siri, Siri, how's the weather today? Or Alexa, because I think Siri requires you to say like, hey, Siri, or double tap your phone. But for like Alexa, for example, hey, Alexa, how's the weather? Hey, Alexa, um, is it going to rain tomorrow? Hey, Alexa, what are some restaurants near me? You know, instead of just using our phones to look up these things manually, not even manually, because we're using the internet, which has just a series of algorithms. But instead of just doing these on our own, we can easily call out to pieces of technology. And we measure technological development through these indicators that are just things that make life easier for us like assets like aspects of ai or artificial intelligence so i think the best example that i was elaborating on are self-driving cars now the list of the other uses for artificial intelligence is extensive it features things like streaming services so netflix hulu youtube educational tools so plagiarism checkers like turnitin and citation finders healthcare technology warehouse systems etc the list just goes on and on and on But as mentioned before, the entire basis of artificial intelligence is that it works to mimic human behavior as closely as it possibly can. Meaning, while it definitely models human behavior in many aspects, for example, through the existence of neural networks that are modeled closely after the the neurons in the nervous system of human beings. Computers that employ artificial intelligence are, at the end of the day, still machines that will never be a perfect portrayal of emotionally complex human beings. Meaning, these computers and machines and programs aren't able to choose what pieces of information they like to take and mimic from the human world. They're crafted and designed by modeling human behavior that is given to them, that they receive. Meaning, they do take a lot of the information that we give them. That isn't necessarily great, with one of these being racism. It's important to note that artificial intelligence, while something that relies on computers and the use of algorithms, machine and deep learning, etc., they are constructed by humans, meaning they're still affected by the racial biases that we as human beings possess, which infiltrates several aspects of modern day technology, with one of the most notable being facial recognition. To demonstrate this, I wanted to focus on a 2018 study that showcased that three commercially released facial analysis programs from major technology companies demonstrated both skin type and gender biases. Now, to read from an outline of this research study conducted by MIT, in the researchers' experiments, the three programs' error rates in determining the gender of light-skinned men were never worse than 0.8%. For darker-skinned women, however, the error rates ballooned to more than 20% in one case and more than 34% in the other two. So through examples like this, or studies should I say like this, we're able to closely observe the duality of artificial intelligence. On one hand, it's convenient. It can use literal cameras and pieces of plastic technology to observe and kind of identify and assess our faces for convenience purposes. But then on the other hand, on another extreme, It doesn't even assess our faces in the same capacity. It does it worse for people that have darker complexions and better for people that have lighter complexions. So it's important to note here that these programs, and I quote, utilize general purpose facial analysis systems using a binary gender classification system to analyze the gender, mood, and age of their users in order to craft a better, more convenient internet experience. Now, that last part is what I wanted to focus on the most. A common thread that you see in all of these AI, these all of these programs and computer systems that utilize artificial intelligence is that they all seek to ameliorate the online, the internet experience for consumers. 
But what many fail to realize about these programs that utilize artificial intelligence is that they don't make the online experience the same for every single user, meaning you have to take into account both gender and race, and more specifically, complexion, to really find out how good their experience is going to be online. It's not the same all around. So when taking a look at how racism could possibly even shape our online experiences, you see that artificial intelligence depends on human behavior. It depends and it heavily relies on observing and mimicking humans that it sees. So while yes, these computer programs that employ artificial intelligence are that just that computers, they're not real people, and they're not capable of feeling you know human emotions of developing these racial biases, they can anyway because they're influenced by the people that create them. Another demonstration of these racial biases that we see embedded in artificial intelligence can be seen through things like normal public bathroom situations, specifically in things like soap dispensers that are supposed to be automatic and thus more convenient for us. Back in 2015, there was a viral video taken of this soap dispenser that was dubbed a racist soap dispenser. Essentially, this was at a Marriott hotel in Atlanta, and a black person tried using this soap dispenser at this sci-fi convention in a bathroom. And it wouldn't work. The soap just wouldn't come out. But when his white friend tried it, the soap came out just quickly. It came out efficiently. It was effective. And that was it. So people online dubbed it a racist soap dispenser. And it was a meme. It was just seen as a joke, something comical for a pretty long time. But many didn't know that this was actually serving as a prime demonstration of the racial biases encoded in artificial intelligence. To read from an article written by the Rochester Institute of Technology, the dispenser used near-infrared technology to detect hand motions. The invisible light is reflected back from the skin, which triggers the sensor. Darker skin tones absorb more light. Thus, enough light isn't reflected back to the sensor to activate the soap dispenser, which means that dark-skinned restroom users will have to skip washing their hands with this not-so-sensitive soap dispenser. So again, while artificial intelligence seeks to make life a lot more convenient for internet users, it really just complicates a lot of things for people of color, specifically for dark-skinned people of color. And as we see, these racial biases can be embedded in technology, which leads many to think that, oh, is it the technology itself that's racist? Because it's not. Obviously, pieces of plastic, computer programs cannot be inherently racist. However, they are influenced by the people that design them. No, technological products cannot be racist, but the people that design them and experiment with them can. But oftentimes, this is unintentional. When discussing the ineffectiveness of that soap dispenser I just mentioned, it's important to note that it was created by a company called Technical Concepts, which made their soap dispenser discriminatory because they did not test it out on people who had dark skin. The entire basis of artificial intelligence is creating an environment that mimics the human experience. And so when you realize that these products aren't tested enough with on people who have darker skin, on women, on minorities in general, they're not going to ameliorate the online experience for everyone because they haven't been tested on everyone. I'm going to read a quote from Alec Harris, the pre-collegiate initiative chair for the National Society of Black Engineers. If you have an office full of white people, whatever products that come out of that office are more likely to be geared more towards white people. The less diversity there is in a workplace environment, the more likely major design flaws will be present that only affect people of color. Which leads me to the entire basis of this problem within the world of artificial intelligence, a lack of representation. I think all of this goes to show that people just simply aren't aware of how important diversity and representation is, not even just in the workplace, but in the world in general. 
As human beings, it's impossible to be familiar with the experiences of every other human we know on this planet, unless we either, one, are all of them, which is impossible, or two, interact with them, or at least speak with them to learn about their experiences. To look at this through a much more specific lens, I wanted to discuss an example of racial microaggressions. A really common one that a lot of black women experience is the constant, like, unsolicited touching of our hair, the unsolicited advice given about our hair, stuff like that. A white person who doesn't have, you know, a kinkier hair texture that black women possess, would it would be impossible for that person to really know how these instances, you know, the unsolicited touching of our hair, how that would make us feel emotionally. So would it make sense for a white person to curate an online forum or chat page, for example, about how to make our lives better when it comes to wanting advice to, you know, not touch other people's hair or to feel more comfortable in workspaces, in school settings, blah, blah, blah. Now, when you translate this logic into the world of technology, you really can't be surprised that products like the soap dispenser I mentioned earlier are not effective on darker skin because they're not tested out on people with darker skin. The companies who made these products didn't even make an effort to gain insight from the experiences of people who actually have darker skin, meaning they're going to be ineffective on people who have that complexion. The same way that a chat room created by a white person who has never had an interaction with racial microaggressions, that wouldn't be an effective chat room because it's not seeking to learn about the experiences of actual people of color. So the perils of artificial intelligence are immense, and oftentimes they leave people of color, specifically people with darker complexions, feeling left behind as technology continues to develop. But all of this is not to the huge role that diversity and representation play in shaping our lives and experiences as human beings. They're becoming an increasingly important aspect of everyday life, which can be seen through the world of technology. But all of this just goes to show that technology, while seemingly perfect, has its own flaws that really alienate people of color, specifically those with darker skin. And while this is a pretty harsh reality, it doesn't have to be that way. The primary takeaway here is that diversity and representation are more important than ever. And these design flaws seen within soap dispensers, for example, clearly demonstrate that. The more companies employ and include people of color, the better chance for artificial intelligence to become less indirectly discriminatory. So with that being said, thank you so much for listening to this episode of A Little Perspective. As we've officially reached the end of it, be sure to leave a rating in Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed it. And if you want to keep up with the show, be sure to follow our Instagram at A Little Persp Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week here on A Little Perspective.